if you're starting a new business, maybe you're in corporate world, maybe you have already started a business, maybe you're debating, oh my gosh, should I let go of the safety of the paycheck and the insurance and all the bonuses and all the benefits? You don't have to get fired or quit before you start your job. The best way to start a business, no matter what kind of business, in my opinion, especially if you think you don't have enough experience, you don't have a following, who's going to even listen to you, the best way is to write a book. Write that book first because becoming an author gives you authority, instant, instant authority. Come on this journey with me. Each week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better tomorrow. I'm ready for my close-up. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. I'm so excited for you to meet our guest this week. Kiana Danyal is a visionary mompreneur, founder and CEO of Invest Diva, and the creator of the Invest Diva movement, known as the queen of wealth creation. I need that in my life. She's a six-time author, including the Wall Street Journal, Amazon, and USA Today best-selling book, Million Dollar Family Secrets. That is no joke, guys. She immigrated to the U.S. in 2011 after landing her dream job on Wall Street, only to be fired there soon after in good company, leaving her unable to pay her rent. That sucks. She has persevered from sleeping on friends' couches to building an eight-figure coaching and education brand that has helped thousands of people take control of their financial future and create abundance for themselves and others. She personally manages her family's multi-million dollar investment portfolio, that she started with only $500 and coaches her students to make their money work for them without relying on money managers. Investiva is a candidate for the 2023 Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies in America and a proud supporter of care.org, empowering women around the world to rise out of poverty. Kiana, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. My gosh, you look way too young to have a story of so much accomplishment. How is this even possible? I appreciate you. No, I just turned 39. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, 39 in my book is still very young. Take us back. I mean, let's go back to you being an immigrant and coming to the U.S. You know, I love the story of struggle. You know, I love the story of overcoming adversity and you've got so many incredible moments and I'd love it if you could share it with all of us. Yeah, totally. It's interesting because the story of struggle used to be the story of my life. I'm like, let's go, like, go achieve the world champion. And then boom, rock bottom. It was like the pattern that I used to see myself over and over and over again. And I think the biggest one was that one that you just mentioned, because I was like, I finally made it. I was born and raised in Iran, to a Jewish family. And my dad was a successful CEO before I was born. The Iranian revolution happened. The government, the new government went and froze all of his bank accounts, seized his assets, they were going to kill him. They ended up not killing him. Anyways, it was crazy pants. And I was born after that. And I remember still, you know, up until I was eight years old, we were always scared that the government is going to come and raid our house and like take anything that's left. And that was a fear that I grew up. And then the war happened. When I was 18, I went to Japan to study electrical engineering, not because I love engineering. It was just because Iranian women, somehow like engineering is not something that it's like male dominated field in Iran. Anyways, my dad was an engineer. I was like, okay, I have to go and become an engineer. I got a scholarship from Japan. I went to Japan by myself, lived there for seven years, studied electrical engineering. 
Hated it. <laughs> First of all, hang on. Wasn't that hard to move by yourself as a young woman to Japan? That was actually not the hard part. So when I moved there, I was like, whoa, I had never seen like anybody other than Iranians because for good reason, nobody was visiting, like foreigners weren't visiting Iran. So I had never seen like Japanese, Chinese, Americans, like I'd never seen people who didn't look like me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So I was completely obsessed. And I was supposed to go there for just for six months. But because it was like, this is so cool, I decided to stay there. The first year was awesome. Because it was like we went to language school or with all these like different students from different countries. And then they threw us in the middle of nowhere in Japan. I was the only girl, the only foreigner in my school not knowing really that much Japanese and then studying electrical engineering in Japanese. So yes, it was hard. I was depressed. (laughs) I would imagine that was not easy. Then I couldn't really get out of it because it was like, oh my gosh, I wasted basically, you know, this much time to come here. I've already like, I don't know, I was like 21. I'm like, I don't want to go back and start all over again. So I stuck with it for seven years, finished the whole thing and then threw my degree out the window. Wow, that could not have been easy. I'm sure you must have been having some self-doubt questions during that period, at least. It's interesting that you asked that because when I went to Japan, it's funny, I don't share this story that much because it's a little bit more like on the spiritual level. Is it okay if I talk a little bit about that end side of things? Because I was born and raised in Iran to a Jewish family, and then I went to a Muslim school. So all of my life was all surrounded by religion. And I was like, religion is the thing. And then I went to Japan and I was like trying to figure out my purpose in my life and why am I here? And I always used to ask these philosophical questions. So naturally I asked one of my classmates, hey, like, what do you think of God? And he's like, who? I'm like, God? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they're atheists, right? And they have like other religions, like Shinto is very different than the mainstream, you know, westernized religions. And that, that right off the bat got me like, whoa, half of earth don't even, haven't even heard of the thing that I thought is the thing like to die for. I had no idea either, by the way, you're enlightening me right now. (laughs) It was just so, and I'm like, these are nice people, like. These are, and they're very polite and they are just living their They're, they're not animals just because they don't <laughs> believe in God. <laughs> yes. So that already kind of shook the bus for me. And then having to go through something that I really didn't enjoy, of course, being the only girl and I don't want to have it. I don't want it to be the pity party, but it was a lot of, a lot of down moments. But the good thing that came out of it was because I was depressed. I started watching Friends, the sitcom, do you know? Yeah. So, and even though I didn't really understand it, I was like, I started watching it and I'm like, this is so funny. So that was kind of my way out of depression, but it also taught me English. So that's how I learned English. And so, you know, out of every misery, I think comes some sort of victory. And that was the victory. So did you go from Japan directly to the U.S.? Yes. So as I was watching Friends and because I was a foreigner, everybody in Japan, if you're a foreigner, they just expect you to speak English. And so I started teaching what I was learning from Friends (laughs) to (laughs) Japanese people and they would pay me. And then 
from there, the 2008 market crash happened. I became fascinated about the financial markets. I had this huge money mindset blockage that money is bad, money is evil. But then I was like, whoa, what is happening? Like, this is so fascinating. People are losing money. And then I accidentally made some money, completely accidental. As the markets were crashing, I made a very, very accidental lottery style trade. And I was like, hooked. I'm like, this is, I, I want to figure out what this was all about. Like, how did I make money when like Lehman Brothers were going out of business? I was like, this is so cool. So I was talking to my Japanese business men students about finance. I kept asking them, like our English lessons started to be a, become about finance. And they were teaching me finance basically as I was teaching them English. And I became more and more fascinated. And that's how I ended up landing a job on Wall Street. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular, and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got fired. Launching my own business seemed so intimidating. I didn't know how to set up a website, and I really didn't need to. Shopify does it all for you, and they make it so easy. It was that breakthrough moment for me that I realized, I can do this. I can go to work for myself, thanks to Shopify what I love about Shopify is you don't need to have all this technology information ready to, you don't need to know how to plan and run things. You just need to go to the platform, turn it on and know what you're selling. And Shopify is going to help you figure out the rest. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries, including your girl right here. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Monahan all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Monaghan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Monaghan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. 
accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. I want you to know that finding ways to be more efficient, cut costs, and get rid of errors and mistakes can completely transform your business, boost your performance at the same time. This is why you need NetSuite now. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Monahan. netsuite.com slash Monahan. NetSuite.com slash Monahan. You said, okay, at this point, I'm pulling the ripcord, I'm moving to the US, and I'm going to go all in on Wall Street. You must have been so excited because it sounds like it was a passion project for you. It was uh, for me, the Wall Street Journal was the equivalent of, I don't know, one of these like paparazzi Hollywood stuff. Like for me, it was Wall Street Journal's like the ultimate celebrity. So getting a job on Wall Street, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm walking on Wall Street. Absolutely. Like the status was there, you know, the significance was there. My parents, even though they were disappointed, I wasn't, I didn't become an engineer. They were still like, okay, she's going to Wall Street. So there was some sort of status there. And absolutely it was, um, it was fascinating to be able to get that and, until you got fired. Until I got fired. <laughs> no, I mean, the cool thing about that was that one year in New York. So I came to New York. I'm like, it was exactly as I had imagined. You know, I had watched Friends that was supposedly to in New York. I had watched Sex and the City. I had watched Gossip Girl. And I had all of these ideas about what New York City should look like. And it didn't disappoint. I got an apartment, a luxury apartment in Upper East Side. I got a boyfriend. He was a surgeon. I thought I was going to marry him. And I was like doing the commute. I was doing the shopping, doing the restaurants, all the things. It was amazing. And on the day that I thought I had my best performance on the job, they called me out in HR. And with Wall Street, when you get fired, it's no joke. They literally escort you out of the building, like right there and then. Like I didn't have time to process it. And then a week later, my boyfriend dumped me. And then I, (laughs) what a joke, maybe not. Did me a favor for sure. And then then I ran out of money to pay rent. And that that was the rock bottom that was really... That, that was one of the hardest ones because people were making, I, I felt I was very judged. I, was, I felt I was disappointing my parents and it was just not a very good time. Crazy to hear you tell a story. You're a beautiful woman. You've got all these awards behind you on the wall that I'm looking at and thinking about you. You know, However, I too have been fired and I've gone through these horrible low moments and I have boyfriend breakups that crushed me. But in this moment, first of all, did you find out why you were fired and did you deserve to be fired? Still try to, because the thing that they told me why I was fired. So my boss said something, the HR said a different thing. And I think there was an underlying, I think I was first of all, just not good at corporate politics. Like now that I look back, sure. I would have probably fired myself too. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just like, I was, I, I only knew about America was what I had learned from TV. 
And it was like the first day as a junior analyst, like they hired me as a junior person. I went to the office of the CFO. I'm like, yeah, so we're going to be buddies. And it was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You like, weren't playing, I to- you weren't playing the game the way that they wanted you to. I was not. I was going round and about my boss. Good and for you. they were not having it. But also, <laughs> now that I think about it, but also there were other frictions because I was very ambitious. And then my direct boss, I feel like she was younger than me. And I was always talking about, well, it was a forex broker and they were not the most ethical people when you like, I worked on the inside and I knew what was happening. And actually, eventually they actually got seized by the SEC anyway. So I was telling them like, why don't we like target more women? I was having all these brilliant new ideas that I thought they're gonna, you know, this is America. Let's go like do the things. And it wasn't really popular. then. (laughs) And they were like, just shut up and like, do your job. Like junior analysts who like don't know anything. So I think that definitely I rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Well, for everyone listening right now, if you're in a situation where people want you to dim your light, shut yourself down to make them feel more comfortable, you are in the wrong place and take the steps and action to get around people who actually want you to dial your light up, go for more and go bigger. And Kiana, that was a gift that they fired you. Where did you go from getting fired, break up and can't afford apartment? Oh my God. Wait till like this right here that you just said. So I was fighting my way while I was there to become an analyst, a senior analyst that contributed to their newsletter. And I remember my big boss sending an email to my direct boss that Kiana is not an analyst and she never will be. A year after they were sponsoring a trading show in New York, my boss was there, the big boss. And guess who one of the speakers was? You? Yes. And I was like, hey, do you remember? I actually said this. This is probably one of my best pity, you know, revenge moments ever. But I actually did walk to him and I said, hey, do you remember Kiana is not an analyst? She never will be. And he said, you sure proved me wrong. And I'm like, yes. Okay, yet again, for everyone listening, just because somebody else says it's not possible for you does not mean that is a truth for you. That might be a truth for them, but it doesn't have to be for you. So how did you turn it around so fast? I know, call it, I have this story that I heard, learned from T.D. Jakes. It's the turtle and giraffe story. So in life, a turtle and a giraffe can exist in the same geographical location, but the turtle is always going through the grass, going through the mud, eating at that level. Whereas the giraffe is eating from the top of the trees, the fresh, juicy leaves. You cannot explain to a turtle at this view, at the bottom, what a giraffe is saying. You cannot explain a giraffe vision to a turtle. In fact, if the giraffe lowers its head to listen to the murmuring of the turtles. No, you can't do this. No, this is not possible. No, that's crazy. A giraffe, it has this massive heart that pumps the blood up. If it lowers its neck, it actually slips and falls and passes out. So it's not that the turtle is wrong, is that they're just reporting from the vision, from the from what they're seeing, but you cannot explain a giraffe vision to a turtle. It makes total sense. If you're a giraffe, (laughs) if you're a giraffe, quit listening to the turtles in your life because 
they're not going to get it. You heard it here first. If you are a giraffe, stop listening to the turtles. They're never going to see your vision and you've got the best perspective and best angle. And you obviously were a giraffe in that moment. Yeah. And then the like the light that you were describing, that's the thing. Like the turtles are trying to get you back because they're worried about you. They're worried about your safety. You're all the way up here. And you might even think you might be a turtle. And the good thing is turtles can become a giraffe. You just have to grow a long neck and have a vision, right? Get on the elevator. But you cannot explain that if they haven't decided yet to grow a neck. When starting out a new business, it's a complete pain to get through the LLC part. Taylor Brands makes it 90% easier. It's easy and affordable to get your LLC with Taylor Brands. Taylor Brands offers all the legal requirements for LLCs, such as registered agent, annual compliance, EIN, operating agreement, business license and permits, and much more. Taylor Brands walks you through each step of building a successful business and has everything you need all in one place. Bookkeeping, invoicing, business licenses and permits, business documents, bank accounts, and so much more. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using this link, taylorbrands.com slash confidence. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash confidence. So get started today with Taylor Brands. CBDistillery.com is giving you an exclusive offer and it's huge right now. You can get up to 30% off everything. If you've struggled with sleep, stress, or pain after physical activity, cbdistillery.com has a targeted plant-powered solution just for you. I love hearing how many of you have seen improvement in your daily life, thanks to CBD. So if better sleep, more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. So how did you begin this massive company and entrepreneurial journey that you stepped into? So right after I got fired, I was... Trying to find a new job, obviously. My parents were very worried about me, but I also had this burning desire. It was like, I, I got to start this company. Like literally became a passion. Being a minority all my life, being the only girl in all of my teams at school, it was like, and like understanding like how male dominated this really is on Wall Street. Very contrary to what they show on Hollywood movies. I was like, this is just not right. So I already knew that I wanted to start this. And, um, but I also was job hunting and, uh, I ended up getting three job offers, but I already had started at the time, but I, I used to call it Forex Diva. Cause that's what I used to do. I, I don't do that anymore, by the way, but I kind of was one leg in, I started writing my book. It was like maybe the best way to start is to write a book, but then I got three job offers and then my headhunter did the best thing, best favor anybody can ever do is like, it looks like you're very, very passionate about this. I'm okay with you not getting these jobs, even though I'm not going to get a paycheck, go follow your passion. So I had this burning desire. I knew what I wanted to do, but it didn't turn into this massive empire <laughs> in the blink of an eye. It's been 11 years now. And I didn't have a business background. I didn't speak English properly, but 
I state the course and here we are. What are the tactics or strategies that you implemented that allowed you to find success when you look back over those 11 years? So that's actually one of some of the things that I teach right now because it took me eight years to figure it out. Number one, I was a cheap people. I did not want to pay to learn anything. Finally, I found somebody who had achieved what I wanted to achieve. I paid them and they showed me the way. So this is the way. Number one, if you're starting a new business, even maybe you have... Maybe you're in corporate world. Maybe maybe you have already started a business. Maybe you're debating, oh my gosh, should I let go of the safety of the paycheck and the insurance and all the bonuses and all the benefits, which is basically the carrot that they hold here to, to keep you going. You don't have to get fired or quit before you start your job. The best way to start a business, no matter what kind of business, in my opinion, especially if you don't have... Maybe you don't have the enough, you think you don't have enough experience, you don't have a following, who's going to even listen to you. The best way is to write a book. Write that book first because becoming an author gives you authority, instant, instant authority. The reason why I was at that conference speaking was because I wrote that book. And even though that, that book was the wrong book for me along in the long run, Forex trading, I do not recommend that anymore. It's like something I don't even want to be associated with, but it's okay. It doesn't have to be perfect because now I have the story to tell. It opens doors for me. It opened doors for me. I got into the right rooms as a result of that. And I realized, oh, this first was actually complete, no, like not good. Like I'm going to go and find a new way. So some people think that in order for them to start a business, they have to know the exact things and the exact best market to go in. No, you learn along the way and you just, it never is going to be perfect. We're still scaling. We're still reinventing ourselves. And that's, that's the part of the journey. So step one, I would say, write a book and you can do that while you're employed. Step two, guess what? I think most companies, even if you're employed, you still can have an LLC. I'm not your accountant, I'm not an accountant, a accountant, ask somebody, but the tax benefits that you get by having your own business, like you can put your phone on your business because you're going to be using it for your stuff. Like America is built for entrepreneurs. It's a shame if you're not taking advantage of it. So do it, do it now. And then depending on where you want to go, and what route you want to take. Obviously, there are different strategies. I knew I wanted to become a coach. And for coaches, there is a very simple route that has proven over and over and over again. And my thing is like, stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Just find somebody who's achieved what you want to achieve, pay them to earn it, collapse timeframe so you don't waste eight years just like me to finally figure it out. I could not agree with you more. And just keep looking. There is a person out there that's achieved the things that you want to achieve. You Maybe you haven't found them yet. Keep searching. You will find those people. Keep asking God, the universe, whatever, to bring you that person. And ultimately, you will identify that person and you will leapfrog everybody else because they're going to give you the roadmap to get there. So I know you mentioned you were going to share a story about your husband, which I'm super interested to hear. So my husband, oh, not a surgeon. He's a rocket scientist, like for real. <laughs> Major so, upgrade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy because, yeah, listen, it's, not, it's not brain surgery. Well, it's not rocket science. So he had, he was a, he was, he had bought in to the corporate lie. I, I'm going to say it now. And um, he 
ran up the corporate ladder, got achieved huge success. Very young, he designed the world's fastest helicopter. We were dating and he told me, yeah, I designed the world's fastest helicopter. I'm like, you must be a millionaire. He's like, no. Like, no, you can literally design the world's fastest helicopter and not get paid nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? So he is very loyal to the company, to the corporations. When he met me, I had already achieved some level of success. I was already reporting at the New York Stock Exchange. I had I had two books out by then. I hadn't like achieved like the millionaire status, but I was like kind of limping towards it. But he always thought my business was a joke. Not because like he didn't believe in me. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing your little business thingy on the side. That's so cute. Oh, you're doing YouTube videos. That's really cute. Oh, you're doing Instagram. Oh, so cute, right? He never thought of it. Like, and now he admits it. Like, he wouldn't tell it, say, to my face. But now he admits it. Like, it was like you have this hobby that, like, brings in some money and it's, like, not a real job. And it's okay. You got married. Like, I'm here to protect you or whatever. And I remember I used to tell him, no, I'm, I'm going to, like, make a million dollars next year. The first time I decided, finally, I paid a coach. I'm like, hey. And he's like, yeah, this is the way you can go make a million dollars next year. I'm like, all right. So I told my husband, he's like, well, obviously that's not going to happen. Like, I, I hope like you're obviously joined a cult and they're going to scam you. <laughs> and, and I was furious and he was furious and I was crying. And he's like, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? Just like stick with your side hobby. So I went and made my first million that year. And he's like, okay. So I could see him like little by little, like getting more and more and more disengaged with his job and started getting into all these like corporate politics and was like exhausted of having to deal with them, especially I was like going really high up. And then we got to a point that I was making his year salary plus some in a month. And he's like, I may not be in the right place. So he quit that job. Got He said like, maybe it's a company, he quit that job, went to a different company. And the, then he started completely losing motivation. And then finally, it's actually like three a month ago, he's seen the light. He quit his job for, he quit the career altogether and he's going to start a YouTube, YouTube channel. But mind you, he's very like, he's not going to tell anyone. I, I don't want to tell his name because it's like, I don't want people to know that because his corporate job, people are going to like make fun of him the same way. Like they look down at entrepreneurs because like, YouTube channel, you're a rocket. Like you led AI for the large company, one of the largest companies in the US and you're starting a YouTube channel. Like they don't get it. Again, giraffe on the turtle. You can't explain to them the giraffe decision. You know what? They will make fun of him until he makes it. And then everyone will remind, oh, I knew him back when. You know, that's definitely, I remember for me leaving corporate America and everyone saying to me, why are you going out on your own? You're crazy. This is what you're good at. This is what you're meant to do. Stay in the lane where you found success. She's lost her mind. You know, people would say that she's lost it. And, you know, until a couple of years passed and then I had found some success. And then suddenly I was getting messages from people. I'm so proud of you. I knew you were always going to be there. Can I see you at the event next week? And it was a complete role reversal. So at some point, He'll get the call saying that they always knew he was going to be successful. But the important thing is to tune into your own voice, listen to your champions and your team members, and just keep going no matter what the turtles are saying. Oh, absolutely. And he knows that. He's like, I can't wait to rub it to their face. Like he knows because he's seen the success. And I mean, it's not that I'm not saying like you want to go from 
like what you said is beautiful because like, yeah, you don't want to do it just out of like uh, spite and like to take revenge or anything. But if that is you, if you know you have that passion, you're doing yourself a disservice by not going after it. And the world a disservice too, you know, whatever greatness you have that's within you, not tapping into that potential, not chasing that down, not really stepping into that unknown and going for it is denying the world the gifts that you actually have within you. So I think it's so important, not just for yourself, but for the people coming after you and the people you can impact. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I wanted to get into some of your tips and strategies around imposter syndrome and that that had played a role in, in your journey. If you could share that, some of the, the tactics that you've used to overcome imposter syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple of things that I've noticed. And I was talking to one of my students today and she was having this huge, massive imposter syndrome. And there is one thing that I always thought it, it, it really helps with imposter syndrome. But today I had an epiphany and I realized that imposter syndrome is actually another word kind of for being extremely self-centered because when you're having imposter syndrome, who are you thinking about? Yourself. You're thinking about yourself. Oh my God, what are they going to tell say about me? You're not thinking about your client. So I was asking my student, like, I know she has this amazing program that is going to help women in their 40s and 50s, you know, really get rid of their back pain. And she's like, but like, I don't have thing. I don't have that. I don't have the biz. I don't like, they're not going to. And I'm like, okay. Think about that woman who's sitting at their chair eight hours per day. They're seeing it on Instagram. Yes, you got to get, get out and move and you got to do this pause and this that pause. Are they doing it? No. Why are they not doing it? Well, maybe because, no, 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 no. It's because the right person hasn't really showed up in their life and made them pay. First of all, people who pay, pay attention. Like, let's be real about that. And then they have skin in the game and actually do it. And I said, okay, you want to wait three months to get all of these certificates, like on top of all the certificates that you already have to make yourself feel better. How is that helping that woman who you already know how you're going to help them to wait another three months for somebody who's in their fifties? What impact are you having in her life? Are you doing her a service or a disservice waiting for your certificate? That's such an incredible shift. When you make it about other people and the people you're serving and take that focus off of yourself, you start actually serving others. That's when you start feeling in your power and you start realizing that you're benefiting and helping others. And who doesn't want to do more good? I love that flip. And I, I love that's exactly how I'll never forget the first time I ever spoke about a vulnerable moment in a speech I was doing it for charity to raise money for underprivileged youth. And that's what propelled me to do the scary things, to to push myself into that uncomfortable. And each time you do that, you make it about who you're serving. Beautiful things are always that domino effect just starts. And and you realize that's, that's the way to move forward. That's the strategy to move forward and stop making it all about ourselves and sitting in our own head. Absolutely. So 
Now today, I think that's the cure for imposter syndrome. Before I used to say imposter syndrome also has to do with you. And I think there's a little bit of both as well as with your self-confidence and self-confidence. Where does that self-confidence really come from? Does it come from like all the degrees, certifications, or does it come from you keeping your word to yourself? Because like, for example, let's say like Heather, I ask you out for a coffee and say, let's meet tomorrow at five. And then I don't show up. You may give me the benefit of the doubt. We reschedule the next day. Again, I don't show up. And I do that three times. What's going to happen with the trust between you and me? There is none. There is none. And then yet often people make promises to them to themselves. I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to quit smoking tomorrow. I'm going to like quit my job, whatever it is. And then they come with a billion excuses and then they don't do it. So when you break the trust with yourself, there is no trust. And trust with yourself, that is what confidence really is, is trusting yourself because you know that you are going to do what you say you're going to do. And if you, if you know that you're like, may, people might forget, but you are, you know, and oh, when you so break good. the trust with yourself often enough, that is how the self-confidence actually goes down. And you know that, oh my gosh, I'm telling them I'm going to do this. And I really don't follow up with what I do. Like. That, that also kind of shows that ugly, ugly faces is imposter syndrome. You are dropping some major nuggets. Everybody's going to want to get a hold of you. They're going to want to know how to work with you. Where can we find you? So it depends what you want to work with me on. If you want to learn about investing, take control of your financial future, then actually, you know what? The best place to hold up me is on my Instagram. Just go at investiva. Do not fall for any of my impersonators. There's only one Instagram channel and one only. I do not have a private account or a personal account or not nothing. So when you follow me, you're going to get followed instantly by a bunch of impersonators. Just block them. My only account on Instagram is at investiva. And then just DM me, just DM me Heather or something. And we'll kind of figure out how we can help you. If you want to go more on the entrepreneurial route, if you want to take control of the financial future, we can help you or we can just chat. Just say, hey, I saw you on Heather and um, we'll chat. Yana, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for showing up as a unique individual who is shining her light and being the giraffe she was born to be. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, until next week, keep creating your confidence. You know we will be for sure. See you then. on this journey with me. Hi, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast that I am so excited about, Negotiate Your Best Life, hosted by Rebecca Zung, a part of the Yap Media Network. As a globally renowned narcissist negotiation expert and an attorney recognized by U.S. News as a best lawyer in America, Rebecca shares her invaluable insights and strategies for navigating life's toughest negotiations. By drawing from her own experiences and the wisdom of her high-profile guests, such as Bob Proctor, Mark Victor Hansen, John Gordon, and Rebecca delivers empowering advice that will inspire you to reclaim control 
of your life. Negotiate Your Best Life is all about how to negotiate your way to greatness. She provides practical guidance on how to break free from toxic relationships, stand up against injustice, and transform chaos into freedom, possibility, and purpose. Many times, the first negotiation you do is with your own in the morning. In the morning is when you wake up, and that's when Negotiate Your Best Life is time for you. It's about to find your way to greatness, conquering obstacles, and creating the life you truly deserve. Get ready to slay, thrive, and unlock your full potential. Don't believe me? I'm going to go ahead and share some of the reviews that are out there so you can hear and you can believe too. You have helped me so much these last few weeks. I was with a narcissist for two years. She drove me to the point I wanted to take my own life. Listening to you has made a massive difference, and now I know what I'm with. Thank you, Rebecca. Now the recovery. Thank you for gifting the knowledge to believe in myself again. You have unknowingly helped me legally represent myself through criminal, federal, and civil court proceedings with a narcissist. There would be so many people around the world that you're helping without even knowing like me. You saved my life. Emma, 35 years old, Australia. If you are ready to stand up against injustice and transform the chaos in your life into freedom, possibility, and purpose, then check out Negotiate Your Best Life now. Subscribe to Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.